Hey Grant, welcome to the show. And guys, this is the second episode of the Teen Whisperer Show, a podcast for podcasters. So in this episode, I have with myself a twin. I would say in business, like uh, he's actually doing exactly something that I've been doing, or it's the vice versa, probably. I think so. He must have started uh, before me. But yeah, Grant, please tell me a little bit about yourself and your podcasting career so far. Yeah, well, thanks for having me, Jeffrey. As Jeffrey mentioned, my name is Grant Halleck. Um, I'm the co-founder at Authentic Marketing, and essentially. We, we offer a very similar service to Jeffrey and, and we have a very similar strategy on social media is that we're really focused on podcast repurposing and, and helping content creators that, that create podcasts, that create webinars to turn that content into something more powerful for their business and to turn it into bite-sized chunks that they can share across social media so that they can ultimately get their word out. So that's, that's a little bit about my business at the moment. Um, you know, I'm from the, the Northeast in, in America, in Boston. Um, so I went to Babson College, which is also in the Northeast, right outside of Boston. It's where I met my business partner, Mitch, uh, for um, the business we're working on right now, Authentic Marketing. So yeah, that's a quick, brief introduction about me. Awesome. You know, the one thing I noted down is that your friendship has been turned into a business. So I'm just curious. So if in case someone out there, some podcasters who's having co-host, you know, they are in the friendship. So if they want to, you know, monetize the podcast in a way of doing what we are doing, like, you know, giving the expertise, expertise of, uh, you know, their knowledge of podcasting or, you know, any sort of repurposing, how do they actually take their friendship level to the business level? Any spark that you guys had in between uh, that might, you know, want to give out to our listeners? Well, the, the way it happened with Mitch and I is that we were freshman roommates in college. We became close friends very quickly because um, mm-hmm. we were roommates. We were spending a lot of time with each other. We were also yeah. on the golf team at Babson, so we spent a lot of time that way. But we were also each independently running our own businesses. I was running an e-commerce brand at the time, and, and mm-hmm. Mitch had, was just about to launch one when we met. So mm-hmm. I won't go too into the de- details about those businesses, but we, we learned a lot by just telling and teaching each other what was working, what wasn't working. So before Mm. we were business partners, we were really just collaborators and helping each other out. And I think that's how partnerships need to need, they need to organically happen. And I say that because a lot of friends will talk about ideas and we'll talk about businesses they want to launch or the next innovative idea. And that's all great, but you have to at least test your relationship out with each other and you know, whether that's going on a, a camping trip for four or five mm-hmm. days and spending time with each other, seeing how you work together, seeing how you help mm-hmm. each other, or whether it's on maybe a smaller project, like just creating a few videos together or launching a podcast together before launching a full blown business. Like you need to see what it's like interacting with someone on, mm-hmm. on a, on a work level and working through problems and projects with them. So that's, that's, kind of how we naturally transition from just being friends to actually being business partners now and also being friends. Yeah, I guess, you know, you still need to be friends, even though you're business partners, because uh, not anyone can give their 100% all the time. Uh, you know, sometimes 50-50, sometimes 70-30. So I guess uh, people don't have to like, you know, just tend to be more uh, business minded when it comes to, you know, when actually, uh, after turning from friends to becoming business partners, I guess. So yeah, that's really great point. 
so coming on to the stuff that uh, you are doing, the repurposing of the content, uh, can you please elaborate to our audience, like what exactly that you do for your clients? So when, you know, clients come to us because they have a podcast and they're not getting the exposure that they, that they hope for. They're not getting the number of downloads. They might just not be getting the results that they want, or they just want to up their game. They want to level up and, and really improve their reach. So what they'll do is they subscribe to our service and for new podcast episodes that come out, they send a link to us. And then from that link, we listen to the whole 30 or 60 minute episode. We're going to take out 30 to 90 second highlights um, and we're going to transform those into small bite-sized videos for posting across LinkedIn, Twitter, Instagram, wherever, you know, their audience spends time. Right. So really what we're doing is giving their podcasts and they, their webinars, like a second life on social media. So instead of just posting the whole thing to YouTube or to Spotify, it's actually getting distributed across social platforms. And one podcast can become five or 10 other pieces of content through our service and, and really extend your reach. So it's 100% done for you. So ideally you, once you've sent the podcast over to us, you don't need to do any additional work other than post that video once we've sent it, sent it your way. So that's kind of how it works once a podcaster starts working with us. Awesome. Uh, so I might go a little bit deep on asking you a little bit uh, how you do and all of that. You might want to reveal some of your company secrets. So please feel okay. free to do that. Feel, obviously. Ask, ask away. Feel free to ask away and, and I'll yeah. share as much as I feel comfortable. You know, I'm a pretty open book, to be honest. I think sharing the process is, is really valuable. At the end of the day, you know, we're, we're a service business. We leverage a lot of tools. Like I'll talk about Descript. I can talk about Rev.com, like these useful tools for us. But, you know, we're, we're an aggregator. We put all this stuff together. We make it happen. We save you time. And there are always going to be people that want to do it themselves as well. And, you know, that's actually not necessarily our, our client. We want to work with people that need a partner to take over and, and do it for them. So, yeah, I'm a pretty open book when it comes to this. So feel free to ask away. Sure. I think I think one of the other reasons as well is because uh, everything has been found online today. Like, you know, uh, every single entrepreneur, like even Russell Brunson or every, every single entrepreneur that you can see out there is putting books or blogs saying that I have revealed my secrets. I have, you know, <laughs> done all this. So it's like they are also giving out a lot of things. I don't know whether it's exactly what they process or not, but still they are also giving out a lot of things on that. So some of the tools that you mentioned are uh, Descript and Rev.com. Uh, we'll come back to that. Uh, but before it, Tell us some, how you create those videos. Is this outsourcing? Is it the tools that you bought online or you have a team which you customize editing for that? Please, uh, can you please elaborate on that? Yeah, so we work we work with mostly independent contractors. A lot of these are college students um, and you know we're building from the ground up right now. So we're, we're really a small creative team, small creative shop. And we leverage, we haven't built any of our own software tools, but we have built our own process around repurposing. So the, the kind of workflow is we'll get the episode, we'll upload it to a platform like Descript, which transcribes the entire podcast episode and video so that we can read through it and we can identify, you know, we try to select like three or four keywords for each client. So maybe one client is a communications professional and they help with strategic storytelling and helping companies refine their messaging. We're going to search for topics like storytelling, um, you know, refining your message. Uh, and we'll basically control F search 
the entire episode for those hone in on that and then try to create, take out an independent thought from those 30 to 90 seconds that can stand alone on social media. So we used a script to do that. But then once we've done that, it goes on to a different step of our process, generally with a different um, contractor and a, a designer, and they'll take it into Canva and make that video into something that's fully custom branded for their podcast or their business, um, just so it really fits their style and, and stands out. Um, and then after that, we'll bring it into veed.io, which is where we kind of assemble our, our videos. And from there, we'll add subtitles that we source from rev.com rev.com it's like two dollars per one minute video and they give you a perfect transcript of everything that was said um that saves us a lot of time so you know a, a lot of we can't unfortunately can't do everything in one platform at the moment it it kind of the, there's a there's a workflow around our our service that we use to try to do it efficiently but also deliver like a good quality product a video that looks really slick and, and professional so um yeah wow you know it's, it's kind of actually uh, somewhat somewhat similar to what i do so probably i kind of do it in a three-step like research editing and uh you know the final editing so probably the research like you mentioned you know you descript everything and then find the keywords that you want for the exact client so what i basically do is i listen to the full episode of the entire podcast and i note on the timestamps like what are the topics they are listening mm -hmm. and all of that though it's a little bit of extra work and then, yeah, like you said, uh, the Canva, we can use it. And after that, we can put it into a video editor. So obviously we use After Effects or Premiere Pro. So it's yoursv.io. That's, I think, you know, it's an online software, I guess, probably uh, mm -hmm. people can uh, use that as well. And rev.com. So just curious, so rev.com actually gives burned in subtitles for the episode. So you upload the video. So they will just uh, deliver you the episodes, right? Just add in subtitles. No, so they give us an SRT file, it's called, which yeah. uh -huh. the SRT file then we take and we can you upload the main video to either Veed and then you add the SRT file on top of it. And then you can make mm -hmm. stylistic changes, change the font, change the size of the text. Um, you mm -hmm. can also bring that into Premiere Pro too. So you could upload the video and then upload the SRT file separately. So uh, you can do burned in captions with rev.com, but it's not necessary. You can either download them as burned in where you can't take them off or edit them in the video, yeah. or you can just download them as a separate SRT file. So we're getting kind of technical there, but um Generally, yeah, we download them as, as an SRT and then upload them to different video editors. Cool. So how do you differentiate yourself? So this is curious because, you know, we are doing the same thing. And if someone asks me, like, you know, why you sh I should choose Grant or why I should, you know, choose Jeffrey, like, what would be your answer? I am not going to say my answer because I'm not prepared for it. But you obviously would have uh, your position, uh, you know, branding style or storytelling ways so for that, right? So what is actually your uh, proposition that you have for them? Yeah, that, that's a good question. I mean, when we started out as a marketing agency, we were not honed in on this specific service offering on podcast repurposing. We were offering a lot of different services to a lot of different types of clients. So whether it was website design, graphic design, um, a, a wide array, you know, social media management, pay-per-click advertising, like, and it took us some time and trial and error to figure out how we could add value in the, in a unique way in the best way possible. And we saw this, especially after COVID happened, I was going to like three to five networking events. No, not that many, two to three networking events per week before COVID in-person networking events where you go and you actually shake someone's hand and 
you, you have a, a real time conversation and it was great for relationship building. And we go there and, and the connections we made there were amazing. There, it was not only was it fun to meet new people, to talk about business, to try and help them. Um, but it was also great for the, for our business and helping, helping us grow. So when COVID happened, obviously we had to transform and we saw a, a big trend that other companies were doing as well to move towards online content, video content, and specifically using podcasting as an opportunity to actually create new connections into like you and I, you and I have just briefly discussed on LinkedIn and talked now here we are on a podcast episode, having a, a detailed conversation about our businesses and, and getting to know each other. So we really gravitated towards that and we loved the potential that it had. And we just recognized that there wasn't most, most new podcasters, and especially in the B2B space, um, like consultants and, and more established like sales organizations that were posting on LinkedIn, but not doing it all that you know, in a slick fashion and and keeping up with the trends, like we knew that we could help them increase the effectiveness of their podcast by offering this service. And we, we really want to offer is a 100% done for you service that you're not going to have to do any extra work on. You're not gonna have to ask us to make edits. We're going to deliver a premium product to you. That's going to represent your brand. Um, and we want to keep getting better and keep keep finding keep finding more dynamic ways to repurpose your content across social media. So yeah, it's kind of we've kind of been born out of necessity in a way, out of finding an opportunity that's really fresh and new right now, um, and that everyone has the opportunity to leverage if you just do it if you get started. So. Um, but we definitely want to stay on the more premium side as far as repurposing goes. There's, there's a lot of AI platforms out there right now and automated repurposing services, um, that, that they're okay. Um, but a lot of the videos you get back from them just aren't, aren't usable and may not feature a part of the conversation that is really post ready. So everything that we're going to send you is like 100% satisfaction guarantee. We want to get it right. And we have humans actually passing through this and making creative decisions to try to represent your brand in, in the best way possible. Yeah, I really lo- love the way when you mentioned that, you know, the human part, I guess that's one of the one of the reasons why when you actually go through the entire episode or, you know, select the particular part, which, you know, people like, you know, which you think that people will love. So obviously, I think that's where the human part uh, mostly occurs, I guess, you know, if in case, uh, if an AI, I mean, like they have their own, uh, you know, strategies or, you know, code or data science, whatever it is to find out the stuff. So, yeah, I really love that. And, you know, the, the one part which you mentioned, you know, when you say that independent contractors, like, you know, you would, you know, hire, you know, recruit or hire, you know, college people who are studying, who want to make extra money. So interestingly, I'm actually doing my college right now. I'm a final year MBA. So I know how hard it is to find some other people who actually want to work on your project, um, you know, coordinating them and all of that. Any tips that you want to give? So people who are starting it out, so probably they most people don't want to do it by themselves. They would ever, you know, outsource on Fiverr or outsource on a freelancer, Upwork, or, you know, like you mentioned, uh, recruit some college people. Any tips that you want to give for that team, the building of the team and properly coordinating with them? Any tips that you want to give that? 
Yeah. So, I mean, I can give tips as far as, as far as my experience and how we prioritize. So, you know, we, we really prioritize um, freedom and giving people the ability to create their own schedules, the ability to, to do work on their own, on their own accord. And we really thrive. We do best when we find people that are self-accountable um, that we don't have to, you know, babysit and micromanage, right? That is the, that is kind of part of the culture of our organization where it's like, you, this is your task and, you know, you need to figure out how to do it. Um, and you can do it on your own time. You have great freedom, but ultimately you need to figure out how to do that. Right. It's not easy to find people that are fully self-accountable. <laughs> it's, it's yeah. not, easy. it's not a trait that everyone has. So sometimes it means you're going to work with and try out maybe three or four different contractors. Um, and only one of them is really awesome. And maybe you can give them a raise and then tell the other people that, um, you know, maybe it's just not the best fit. Right. So I do recommend, especially when your, you know, finances are, are tight and you're trying to bootstrap a business and you need to be conscientious of how much money you're spending. Um, you need to test. So do like a one month trial period with the contractor and be very open and honest that this is just a trial period. Let's see how it work works. Let's work for four weeks together. And at the end of it, we're going to, we're going to revisit it and say, let's keep going forward or let's not keep going forward. Um, and then also another one is another tip is to search for people that are already doing the service that your company fulfills. So for instance, you know, we do a lot of podcast repurposing and I was on Twitter and one day noticed a few college students who had done some podcast repurposing, I think for a, it was for like a college project. Um, and they were creating video content from it. So I just reached out to them over Twitter DM, right. And said, Hey, I noticed you made this great video. Um, would you be interested in maybe doing it as an actual part-time, part-time job? Right. So trying to meet, find creative ways to find people that are already taking the initiative to, to do what you're going to have them do for your company. Um, so yeah, those two things you want to test and be very open and transparent. Like, let's try this out for four weeks and then, and then move on from there. Understand who you are as an organization, what you value. Like we said, for us, that's a lot of that's freedom and flexibility. Um, and then three is to, you got to find creative ways to, to, to find contractors. You, you can't just post on any job board and expect the first five to be perfect or awesome. So, um, I'll add, I'll add one last one to those that once you find one or two good contractors, ask them for referrals. If you need to bring on more to your team, instead of trying to go out and find new people, ask the person that's doing great and say, Hey, do you have any friends or connections that you think are just like you? And they could provide, you know, value for, for our organization. So I like that one as well. Those are, those are all tips that we're employing right now. Um, but you know, we're, we're, we're in the weeds on a daily process, trying to figure out how to do this as like from, from day one as well. So that's what's been working for us up to up to this moment. Well, you know, if you if you had actually found me probably eight months before, I would have been one of your contractors <laughs> because yeah, I was. Um, I'm sure we could still work together in some way, but <laughs> but uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, you know, one, one of the main reasons why I asked this is because um, while I was starting out, I was a firm believer that I couldn't trust any other human being than myself. I wanted to do everything by myself. I didn't, you know, entrust someone else to work. So when I did that, you know, when I found my co-founder online, you know, we just had, uh, we had a long chat for four to five months. Uh, I even, I have never seen a face to face, but still we kind of wanted to really well. And then I have found a team of people for content writing and all that stuff. So yeah, I guess I can really understand like uh, the testing out part and the creative skills, but you know, I really respect like when you mentioned that you no know, freedom that you want to give to the, uh, your, you know, team. So if any, anyone who's listening to this, anyone have a skill, you can probably reach out to him, I guess, if he's still hiring, you know, or even giving out projects, so probably can reach out to him. Yeah. So uh, just just two questions out of the box is that has anyone ever told you you look like Brian Adams? Brian Adams? Yeah. I don't even know who it is. I have to I have to look them up right now. But is that is <laughs> is that a good thing? Is that a is that a neutral thing? It's that, a great thing. It's a great thing. Brian Adams. <laughs> Adams. All right, let's see. Um Canadian singer? Yeah, he sings songs like Heaven and Right there. Well, that's an old picture, man. Come on. Oh, when he's <laughs> when he's younger, when he's younger. <laughs> yeah. Let's see. I'll have to send this to my mom later. <laughs> um, I'm gonna change my profile picture on LinkedIn to Brian. Yeah, you know what? I guess that's kind of that's Brian. Yeah. We kind of look. We kind of look similar. I think we have the same shirt on right now. That's funny. Um, <laughs> no, I, wow. no one's ever told me that, but I appreciate it. Uh, you know, I don't know. The first time I looked at it, I was like, oh my God, is that guy's an 80s singer or what? I mean, like, you know, the, the, I don't know. It's like, <laughs> you really look nice the way you look, your hairstyle and everything. So I just want to ask. So it's a really <laughs> curious question. Yeah. So, you yeah. don't want me to sing right now though. Trust me. I can talk, but I can't <laughs> I guess, I guess we'll have a private session, uh, probably, you know, you singing me or even me singing. If that's, uh, you know, make you feel better. Or we could just embarrass <laughs> ourselves right now. Um <laughs> uh, so, uh, <laughs> definitely. So just one more thing that I want to ask out of the box. I always ask my guests is that, um, so it's afternoon, right? you it's actually afternoon in there. It's, uh, just past lunch. It's 1237 here. Okay. By the uh, way, I have, I have more time. If you, if you want to just keep going, I've, I know you only scheduled maybe like 15 or 30 minutes, but I've got <laughs> time. No, actually, actually, one of the reasons why I asked the question is that, so this question I'm going to ask is probably depends on what time. So it's evening. I will, I, you know, reframe the question depending on okay. that. So I will ask this, uh, like this way. So who was actually the last person that you made smile yesterday? Yesterday. Ah, uh, it's a Valentine's day. Nice. <laughs> I did not know that while asking. <laughs> Valentine's day, Megan, um, mm-hmm. you know, friends, someone I've been, been dating as well. Um, we went to the aquarium, had a great day and there were a lot of smiles then. So <laughs> nice, 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 nice. All the best, all the best. <laughs> great. So, uh, just a couple of questions, um, uh, before closing is that, so any tip that you want to give, uh, to a fellow podcaster? So uh, I guess probably, you know, uh, as a podcast, podcast, you know, repurposing expert. So, you know, a lot of things on how to grow your podcast with the repurposing of content, of course. But any other tip that you want to give, like in order to grow their podcast, any tips that you want to give from your perspective? Yeah. So my tip is that you need to create your own definition of what podcasting is to you. And when you, when you mentioned podcasting, one of my friends 
uh, Austin Schlesinger, who has his own podcast, the Gritty and Curious podcast, talks about this a lot, is that podcasting comes with a ton of assumptions about the the average length, right? It's 30 to 60 minutes or whatever it may be, and that it's posted weekly or it's posted daily, and that you have to interview other people or whatever it may be, but you need to create your own definition around podcasting. So one, I'll give you an example. Um, I have been, I love to walk. I go for walks like every day. For me, it's one of the most important things of my daily life and something that I'll do for the entire rest of my life until hopefully until the day I die, right? Is just walk every day. It's a habit. So I wanted to find a way to capture my ideas and my stories while walking. So what I did is I, I set up an anchor podcast and what I do is I take out my phone and I just record two or three minutes on my morning walks. I don't do it every day. I, I've been trying to. And I just talk about kind of what I'm going through in life at the moment. I talk about um, lessons, maybe lessons from the book I read that morning. And for me, that's one version of my podcasting you know, career, you might call it whatever. That's something that I want to do over the next 30 to 40 years is just continuously record and put out stories and kind of document, document my life in that way, right? But also, I create a lot of video interviews as well. And I say video interviews, not podcasts, because the, I don't always post the interviews I do on Spotify or on Apple Podcasts. A lot of them, and sometimes not always on YouTube either. A lot of the time, I'll just repurpose them directly on LinkedIn, on Twitter, and I'll take those sound bites, those videos that we create, and use that, You really use the video interview as a as a engine for creating content for social media. So my tip is that you need to get rid of all these assumptions that that you have about podcasting and just do what works for you and try to figure out something that you can do consistently over time um, so you don't burn out and you can, you can grow steadily, grow an audience and a following that grows along with you. So that, that, that's not a specific tactic or anything, but that's my strategy that I think and, and advice I give to new podcasters is that you got to make your own definitions of it. Yeah, exactly. I think that if people actually have it made that, you know, definition, I guess they would actually suffer a lot by following many of the big short podcasters. Like they want to exactly copy all their tactics. I mean, like, that's good. I mean, like at start, you won't know all of the important things that to do on podcasting. But you you shouldn't expect the same results that they are having because they have been doing for years and years. And yeah. uh, all of a sudden, as one day, if you're following the same tactics, you can't actually end up uh, being in that position. So yeah, that's actually the, the great thing that people have to find their own definition on their podcast. So, okay. So just one more thing I want to ask is that, um, so you are giving a lot of videos, a lot of content to your clients. So it's all been going on. So my question is, if in case you're giving one, uh, four to five videos or even a month's content to your client and they're posting it on their LinkedIn, Twitter, and all of the other platforms, if they are not getting that much of an engagement as they're supposed to do, is it because of the videos or is it because of their own audience or their marketing strategies? How do you tackle if someone is shouting like your videos aren't working, but sometimes it's their marketing tactics or sometimes it's their audience or not actually, you know, uh, awake at during that time or not active. So how do you tackle that? Any situation that you have anything at all? Well, the, the first thing I would say is just stay consistent. You need to keep posting and, and build up that community over time. Um, the fact of the matter is that you may have a client that has 1000 followers on LinkedIn. Um, 
and posting, or call it 200 followers on LinkedIn, them posting videos are probably not going to get the same engagement that the videos that you send to the client that has 25,000 followers on LinkedIn is going to get either. That's obvious, right? So it's like based on the audience you've already created, um, you're going to see different results from the video assets that you're delivering to them. Um, but then also the, the quality of the video is going to really play into it. And you want to make videos that people are going to want to come back to and actually listen, you know, not just posting to post, but actually posting value, posting valuable stories and insights. So as long as you're doing that, you're going to grow over time. Um, I'd say that if, if a client is, is upset in the first three, four weeks, um, then they probably don't have enough long-term mindset to really make content marketing work for them because content marketing is something you do over the long run to build relationships, to build a community. Um, and it, they play in, they play hand in hand, right? So the more content you create, the better content you create, the more your community grows and the more your community grows, you know, the more incentive you have to keep posting content. And also even your average content is going to perform better because you have that community. So it's, it's, it's like, it's, it's a complex, it's a complex problem. But the fact of the matter is that if someone is upset with the results, they, they might not have the right mindset towards content yet um, about it being a long-term strategy. So. Yeah. I, I guess it all comes down to choosing who your client actually is, because sometimes you, you know, some people, when they're talking itself, you can clearly understand that they're actually, you know, in the long-term mindset, they are really clear on what they actually want. But sometimes some clients, they say, I just want this. I just want this. It's possible, but uh, you know, nothing comes without any paying some price or, you know, getting hurt or in some way, you know, in uh, engagement or whatever it is, you won't actually able to get that much of returns. So yeah, that's, that's really an amazing point. So Grant, thank you so much for, you know, being on the podcast. It, it was an awesome interview and I really get to know a lot of things. Even uh, I've been doing this for quite some time, but still it's, I've learned a lot of things from this. Uh, so just now tables turned. Uh, if you have any questions for me, now like you're the host right now. I'm the guest. Uh, if you have any questions that you want to ask me, please shoot them away. Anything at all. Yeah. So, well, you're, you're an MBA student right now. Yeah. Is that correct? <laughs> so wait, how old are you, by the way? I'm 22. This 22. June, I'll be 23. Yeah. That's that. That's a, so you're doing an MBA program at 22. Yeah, that's the timeline that we have. At 18, we start the college. Uh, okay. Three years we do our undergraduation. Gotcha. 21, 21 or 23, we do our uh, post graduation. Yeah. That, that's awesome. So, what what are some of the challenges that you've faced being, you know, a student entrepreneur and trying to juggle both classes, you know, social life, as well as, as, as launching the business. Wow. So, <laughs> so I've been trying to figure that out myself, but, uh, the, what, the one thing always is time is the major stuff, but I'm actually a night owl. So probably like I can wake up until one or two o'clock to do all this stuff. Uh, so that was, I was doing in my previous days, like, um, you know, while I was in my undergraduation, but in post-graduation, it was really became hectic because morning I would go around like 8.30 to the college. For that, I have to wake up at 5. And after that, I will come back around like uh, 7 o'clock. You know, it's a, the college is really uh, distant from the place that I'm in. So all I have is three to four hours of work that I can put in for myself and two hours for college. Because college, I don't know how much 
uh, job option or anything it will give uh, because covid really taught us like you know you can't plan shit <laughs> all you can do is just go with your life so that's one of the reasons and the social life i mostly what i do is that i kind of mix the personal and social life so everyone who i work with is the is my close circle other than that i don't have a lot of you know people who i have a lot i don't know a lot of people i have a lot of connections who can reach out to all but whoever i work with or one of my closest circle so yeah that's how how i actually give my social life as well but it's not the best advice like i said <laughs> everyone's having their own experience on something uh but yeah that's how i kind of do it and you also did it on college so you know clearly how it little bit of to feel i mean like you might have a lot of pressure than mine because mine uh, it's not that much difficult in our country doing college and stuff but yeah i guess uh, you can also relate somewhat to it yeah yeah well in in college for me it was you're only in classes maybe 3 or 4 hours a day but then you also had um you also had homework obviously a lot of yeah. essays and work <laughs> to do after that um in then in that obviously it occupies a lot of your mind right you only have so much energy during the day to put towards like a creative pursuit right it's like you only you only have so much energy you have to really preserve that so that's one of the difficult things with 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 college as well is that if you're trying to run a business in tandem you you may have a few hour extra hours at the end of the day but also you may have used those first 6 8 9 hours whatever um going towards other creative pursuits in in schoolwork that just really drains you a lot of that creative potential so you, it just makes you have to be grittier and work work harder and stay more consistent but um it's really challenging and you're constantly trying to find that balance and then obviously in covid times there's less like going out in 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 a, a, a traditional social life i guess so maybe in some ways that's made things a bit easier but also more challenging cuz you know social life is very energizing for a lot of people and you know you need it you you need to interact with people to i think to be a, a fulfilled person and and to balance everything out in life so i mean do um do you have any other friends that are going through a similar journey with you in school where they're launching their own businesses um well not much actually uh, i'm actually from south india so okay. one of the problems that we have here is that most people don't even know what a podcast is so that's why i never never even actually Good. new opportunity uh, yeah <laughs> so uh, i i don't have a lot of indian clients probably from people from us you know zek republic or you know australia those are people that i actually work with uh, you know indian clients they like they're good but you know at start when you're discovering some new things you expect more from less that's the you know culture of a lot of people you know their mindset so yeah not, i don't know a lot of people who actually you know have been doing this that's one of the reasons why for the first 2 to 3 years i suffered a lot alone like no one knew what i was doing mm-hmm. so it was uh, a really hectic process and you know like you mentioned the college like college equals drama to some extent either it's uh, friendships or family or whatever it is but yeah i guess uh, kudos to everyone who have actually uh overcome overcame that as well i guess probably yeah cool. yeah well thank that's my questions for now i'm sure i'll have more in the future though awesome sure so yeah and uh, grant uh please tell us where we can find you people who can find your services and your amazing company's name as well it was really unique one really i uh, really liked it to be honest Thanks. so yeah please tell us that as well Yeah so again my name is Grant Talick you can find me on Twitter on LinkedIn that's G R A N T T A L E C K if you reach out to me I'll, I'll do my best to respond I'm pretty good at that 
And my company is called authenticmarketing.com. And that's authentic with a Q, not a C. So, um, you know, you may see it in the description or something like that, but regardless, definitely find me on, on LinkedIn or Twitter and, and I'd be happy to make a connection with you or, or chat more. So thanks, Jeffrey. Of course. So guys, definitely I will link everything in the description so you guys can go and check him out. And Grant, thanks so much again. And guys, I'll see you in the next episode.